Welcome to another Take 10 with Jen. Get equipped in the supernatural. And now, here's Jen. Hello, everybody. My name is Jennifer Evaz, and thank you for joining us once again. We're talking about inner healing and deliverance, and today we're going to address trauma. That's something that impacts you, spirit, soul, and body. We really need to understand this better because God is doing a healing work in this area specifically. Check out my interview today with a spirit-filled therapist. Her name's Ana Alvarez, so just sit back and enjoy. Hey everybody, I have a special guest with me today. This is Ana Alvarez, and Ana, why don't you just tell everybody who you are, what you do. Give us a rundown of, of your life right now. Yeah, so I'm Ana Alvarez, and I'm a licensed marriage family therapist. I attend Harvest Church, and I um, just help people who have um, dealt with some past experiences that have led to depression, anxiety, and um, trauma. Okay. All right. Now you're a Christian counselor and we appreciate that. Mm -hmm. um, tell us about how you became a Christian. Give us your backstory. Yeah. So I was raised in the church. My parents were pastors. So I, uh, but it was, it wasn't until I was a teenager that I like really learned who God was for my, for me and not just who God was, who my parents taught me who God okay. was. All right. So I experienced the Holy Spirit when I was a teenager and that was when I'm dedicated my life fully to the Lord. Right. So um, being a Christian therapist is very different than being a therapist who is a Christian. So I... Right. <laughs> now, I'd like to dig into that right there. Yes. What do you mean? What's the difference? Because people can believe in God and, you know, put that as part of their profile or okay. their, um, right. you know, what they... Um, focus on, but really do they bring Christ into therapy and is it based on faith? And so I consider myself a faith-based therapist, but I also meet people where they're at. So I know people are in on their journey in different places with sure. the Lord. So, um, but I also meet with people who just don't know about God either. Right. So you can work with both right. communities. Okay. So you are a marriage and family therapist. Yes. Um, why did you choose that? How did you get into that specifically? Yeah. So I knew I wanted to help people. I didn't even know what therapy really was. Okay. I got a degree in general psychology. After my degree, I started working in the field, working with kids, but I saw the therapist that was working in the, the agencies that I was, you know, working at, but I wanted to do that job. So I had to figure out what did that mean? And so going back to school just meant getting more equipped and getting more education to do what I felt God was really calling me for. But I had to learn what that really looked like. Now, there's probably a lot of Christians who would want to do what you're doing. What what would you tell them right now? Yeah, I would say, you know, get um, connected with somebody in, in your area that you can just talk to. Um, I have people who interview me and ask me questions all the time about what I'm doing, and I'm always open to letting them know. But get connected in the field in some way. You can do things without having a license. Um, you can work in nonprofit agencies and just seeing if this is really the field. or Because it's so widespread, you can work with children, you can work with adults, you can work so many things. Um, you have to figure out what is the population you want to work with, too. Okay, and what was the education like? Yeah, so it was a master's in clinical psychology and then wow. getting a license, um, collecting hours to be licensed and a test. 
All right. So it's quite a process yes. and you are trained and they, they really make sure that you yes. know your stuff before yeah. they license you. Right, right. They don't just give it to anybody and they hold you to some pretty strict guidelines. As right. You, hold, you have a license, um, ethical guidelines, and it's pretty, you know. Yeah, I can imagine. But you would have to working with this, this kind of topic and population as right. well. So yeah. I could see that. Now, there is a word that is gaining momentum mm-hmm. in, in, obviously in therapy circles, but also in Christian churches and uh, inner healing and deliverance circles. Mm-hmm. I, I've noticed that. Mm-hmm. And it's the word trauma. Mm-hmm. Okay, that word trauma, which, you know, is pretty much uh, a huge subject that I've been tackling personally and right. getting all the dimensionality of that. So how do you define trauma? Tell us about trauma. What do you want us to know? Yeah. So um, I think the most of the times when we hear trauma, mm-hmm. um, histor- historically, we would think of vets, veteran, veterans going to military, coming back from the war. They experienced so much trauma, what they witnessed. And so PTSD was sort of labeled as those that population. For war mm-hmm. veterans who, who saw... Atrocities. Yes. Okay. And experience so many things. Right. Death all around them. Right. And so now we um, know so much more. Okay. (laughs) We know so much more that it is defined. Basically, it's a strong emotional response to an experience. And our brain is so powerful that you and I can both experience the same thing and have a very different way to interpret it. Right. It is not the same thing. Okay, what do you mean by that? So I could be in a car accident with you. We could have the same experience, but we could leave it very differently. So I could go back into a car and have, I'm fine. You could be avoiding the car or trembling the moment you get inside of a car. Or even never driving again. And I do know people. Avoiding, yes. Right, I know people like that. Yes. Okay, and so that's what trauma can do. Mm -hmm. That's a potential. potential. Okay, so... So trauma, basically something happens to your brain and your responses right. and your reactions. And at, at what point do you label it as trauma? Well, what happens is if your brain doesn't process it properly. Right. Because our brain is so powerful, it does protect us. Right. And so um, if we don't process it properly and we don't have, we basically connect ourselves with a certain narrative about that experience, whether it was unsafe, mm. whether we were not good enough, depending on what the situation was. Sure. So then we connect ourselves with that belief, with that perspective, and we live that out. And so we could have that same emotional response to things that make us believe that same thing. Okay. Once we get into that again. Okay. All right. So, so there are different levels of trauma, mm-hmm. different s- spectrums. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So you have acute trauma, which would be maybe just like what I explained about like a car accident. Okay. A one-time situation. Happened one time and different levels of responses. And then there's that person who can never drive again. Yes. Trauma. Right. All right. Acute trauma. Right. And it could be just maybe it could last for for a short amount of time too. It doesn't have to be a lifetime. So we have uh, chronic trauma as well. Mm -hmm. So the chronic trauma would be something that we experience over and over again. Okay, meaning? Let's say domestic violence. Okay, so constant, okay. Mm -hmm. Because I've heard different terms. Like I've 
I've heard it as complex. Others have said complex PTSD. You're saying chronic trauma. Let's throw all the all the definitions and so, terms. Yeah. So let okay. me. So chronic trauma could be where I experience that one over and over again. Right. Complex would be I experience domestic violence. I experience sexual abuse. I see. Over okay. over my lifespan, over different things so over the, time. So this is the first time I'm hearing that there's an intermediate trauma. <laughs> there's acute and then there's intermediate. That's like, you know, certain span of time. Then there's, you're saying complex, which is over your whole lifespan. Yeah, or wow. over, 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 yeah. you know, growing up or whatever. So let's give an example for bullying as right. a, an experience. So that could be traumatizing for somebody. Yeah. yeah. So if I'm in elementary school and I experienced severe bullying. Sure. And then again, when I was in high school. Okay. Another time. So it's over time. And then maybe again in my workplace, I experienced right. bullying again. So that would be over um, repetitive. So then I have the complex where I experience bullying and then I experience um, very um, dysfunctional family where, you know, there was fighting all the time. Right. So that's another thing that traumatized me. I see. And then maybe later I was sexually abused. Right. Something like that. Okay. So different spectrums, mm -hmm. uh, you know, but describing this whole thing of trauma. Yes. Which they originally started noticing with war veterans. Yeah. And now they're saying, wait a minute, people in general are having a response that we saw over here. That's fascinating to me that they're pairing it together mm -hmm. and saying it's pretty similar. Okay, so PTSD then, what is that and in connection to trauma? Right, so we have um, the little traumas and the big traumas. Right. Okay. okay. <laughs> so the little traumas could be I just experienced, you know, a, a coach who was really, really hard on me. Right. And versus a big trauma, which would be maybe like an abusive situation. Okay. Okay. So PTSD, the way that we would clinically look at it would be is if it includes um, flashbacks. Right. Nightmares. Um experiencing those memories over and over again. You have um, uh, maybe even a dissociation where you are checking out. Okay. And so there are certain things that you would um, classify. Now let's talk about dissociation um, because that's probably was my main issue. Mm -hmm. So how do you define that? Yes, so dissociation would um, clinically would be, you know, we, they looked at it as a multiple personality yeah. disorder, you know, kind of splitting, yeah. right? And so when it could also look like you're daydreaming, you're in another world. Right. And time can, like, the time span could, oh, an hour has passed, and I didn't even know it. I was in another place. Because your brain is protecting you from those moments right. that you're remembering. And people do that all the time, not even because of trauma. They just kind of check out you know, for whatever reason, but right. when it's attached to trauma, then we've, we've right. got maybe a habit yeah. or your, an ingrained response. Yeah, your brain has, is remembering something. Uh -huh. So we can get triggered with the trauma for very small things that we can't even right. think. A smell, um, mm -hmm. uh, somebody that looks like somebody. Right. Right, so, and we can't anticipate those moments happening. Right. And so then it, we have the startled response and our brain goes to those moments. Um, even somebody who has said something. Right. 
right? So that will trigger us to protect, our brain to protect us and want to check out. So then therapy is to help people not constantly go into that state yeah. every time they experience life. Right. Right, okay, so one more, okay. one more. <laughs> DID. Yes. Okay, is that the same as dissociation? Dissociative identity disorder. Okay, and that's, is that, this, is that a little bit different than what we just talked about? Well, or the that same? would be the disorder where it's like constantly happening, that's where you get that classification, that, that diagnosis of that. Okay, so is that the same as multiple personality disorder? Well, multiple personality disorder was taken out Okay. They, they didn't want to have that okay. in there. Well, these are questions yes, that everybody sure. wants to know. Like, what is what? And, you know, because they're going to try and figure out what's going on with them. Yeah. But we do find that people do have different parts of them that will yeah. come out. So that yeah. even have names, you know, people True. will show up um, and you're not sure who you're talking to in the moment. And they're not necessarily demons. Right. They can be actually that person. Yes. Well, I'll notice when we minister to people sometimes when they curl up in a little ball and act like a little kid, right. that we're usually dealing with that and not a demon. Exactly. We're dealing with, they've reverted to something in their childhood, so. I wanna thank all of my global partners who are financially supporting this ministry as we get this message, as we advance God's kingdom across the earth through media. We have a message about the supernatural and reconciling people to the gifts of the Holy Spirit so that they can preach the gospel with confidence, preach the gospel the way Jesus intended, and it's working. We've had so many testimonies of people finally reconciling that they are supernatural because of the Holy Spirit and actually stepping into ministry for the first time ever. If you want to become a financial partner and support this ministry, well, I want to invite you to give. Go to Jennifer evaz.com and just hit the give tab. Thanks again for listening to Take 10 with Jen. For more resources and to become a partner, visit us at jenniferevaz.com.